With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Radio. Welcome to the Armor Reports. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me on a Saturday. It's the Week in Review. This is Stock Market Investing with the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. We're going to talk about how I manage my own capital. I've been doing it for over 30 years, and I'm going to share with you what works for me, and I'm going to share with you things I've done incorrectly so you can hopefully learn from my mistakes, and all of us can be better at managing our capital. So the Armor Investing Way is a three-stage process, Okay. We build our whiteboard. That's where we do all of our fundamental research, and we're going to talk about what's on that whiteboard today that we may be adding to the portfolio next week. We then use proprietary algorithms to figure out when to add risk and when to take risk off. Okay? And so we're going to go over those algorithms. They're big algorithms on the indexes. They're also uh, algorithms uh, for individual stocks and for group ETFs. So we'll share with you what the 30,000 feet picture is on indexes and how we're positioned there. We have an index-only portfolio, so we'll go over what's there. Um, and then we'll share with you, you know, what our algorithms are telling us are the best places for reward to risk entry points going into next week. Um, and then, of course, we're going to wrap all that up with a, a bow of stop losses. That's our third stage of investing. We always protect our capital first and we capture upside second, okay? I think that, quite frankly, is the number one differentiating factor when it comes to managing capital correctly. It's knowing when to protect it. It's having no ego around your positions. It's about not forcing your will on the market. Now, I'm going to share with you a shortcoming of mine this week that stopped me from making some money. And I want to talk to you about how the right stop-loss discipline can also help open up areas of investment where the opportunity is there and there may be a fundamental bias keeping you out of the position. And so how do you get over that bias? Well, I'll show, I'll show you. You use algorithms for the right entry point, but the right stop, and all of a sudden it takes away the inertia or the difficult decision, and it helps open your eyes up to making the right choices. I've been doing it over 30 years, and I still miss opportunities. It happens all the time in the market. I'm going to share with you one and talk to you about how we can avoid that going forward. All right, so without further ado, let's jump in. Um, questions at the end, so fill up the Q&A. You can always subscribe right down here, both to this uh, YouTube channel and our website, The Armor Report, which you can see right here is The Armor Report, okay? You can just take, take a peek, see if it's something you would enjoy. Um, so always you can subscribe. And um, if you would like to receive a free Armor update, we do this periodically, not every morning, but on many mornings we have a free Armor report update. Um, I will. Uh, you can go right down here 
info at the armor report.com um, if you would like to subscribe. Or you could chat with my daughter here and my dog that apparently just walked in. <laughs> Hang on a second, guys. Come on, lovey dog. How's it going? You look beautiful. You look beautiful, Angel. <laughs> All right. So let's get to it. We're going to drill down first with some um, big picture views of the stock market itself. Okay. So what we have there. Um, is a view of the Hi, Insider. Hey son. What we have here is a view of um, apparently everybody wants to come chat with you guys today. So maybe next time what we'll do is have some guest hosts come on and share their investing views. All right. Let's dive in. Um, S&P, let's start with the big picture of the stock market. The Armor Index only portfolio index-only portfolio, is 100% invested, has been 100% invested for the last couple of weeks. I'm going to share with you the top performer in that portfolio last week because it says a lot about this market and the um, bullish tint that's starting to really uh, ramp up. So first you look at the um, S&P. What we have is a series of touches of the 50-day moving average, which is the black line, and the uptrend. And every time it touches, it reverses and rips higher. This is a mechanical bull market. In case you guys have missed it, the Fed is adding massive amounts of liquidity and continues to do so. Until that changes, this is the trend, and we keep playing it. Now, let's look at – we own a lot of different um, uh, uh, ETFs in here, but this is clearly the highlight from last week. That's an unreal blowout for the IBD-50. So it looks like last week was the week that um, William O'Neill is giving Kathy Wood a run for her money. Because look at what's going on in the IBD-50. And you can go to ETF.com, ETF.com, and pull up FFTY and see what's in the portfolio. It's really interesting how they run this portfolio um, tight to the um, William O'Neill um, process. And um, they constantly change what they hold. They can even hold 50% treasury bills that they want. So this is an interesting way of um, viewing the market. This is real leadership that's exploding right now. So while we talk about climbing a wall of worry, and I shared with you a few weeks ago things I don't like about the market, when you see a breakout like that in top growth stocks, man, we are in the thick of an unbelievable stock market. Um, you can see how O'Neill is totally outperforming at the moment. Wood, right? So here's the innovator, ARC innovator funds. Haven't broken out, right? Overweighting some of the wrong names. And so um, in our portfolio, we like to own both of those funds, okay, um, to capture different styles of management. So let me just tell you this. We have a risk monitor that we use, and I try to break it down real simple. Red, green, yellow. Most of you guys who are watching this already know. Um, so risk on green, when the algorithms on these indexes, there's eight indexes that we've written algos for that show us when to add or subtract capital. When they're all telling us to put money to work, we're risk monitor green. That happened last week. It happens for five days. 
the reason I put a five-day number on it is it means we're going to put um, – this is the Armour Investing way. This is how I run money, okay? I'm not telling you how to do it. I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know your goals. You've got to figure all this out for yourself. I'm just sharing with you my journey, okay? After doing this for over three decades, I can tell you that the best way to make money for me is to put all of my risk capital to work as close to the new entry point, as close to the stop as possible, and then let it blossom and don't chase it. What happens to most investors is that they're trepidatious at the beginning. They're not sure. They don't know. There's a whole bunch of reasons why the market should go down. Uh, September could be terrible. Uh, we have OPEX this month. We have the Fed uh, meeting this month. There's always reasons. Then the market starts to go vertical, and everybody's chasing, which is, of course, right before the market sells off. So you've got to break that chain. And that's why I put five days on the risk on green signal. What I'm trying to say to all subscribers, both YouTube and Armor Insiders, what I'm trying to say is always risk when you put money to work. This is like a profound thought, in my personal opinion. <laughs> if I, can, I don't want to. I'm not pat myself on the back. It, it was a profound thought for me. I don't know if it'll be profound for you. But for me, when I finally made this switch in my mind, it, it, it had a major positive impact on my net worth and on investing in general. And the thought was this. There's always going to be a lot of risk. There's always going to be a wall of worry. There's always someone on CNBC telling you the market's going to implode. So you've got you to get rid of all those thoughts. You've got to say there's always going to be risk. So I want to put all of my money to work when the reward from that entry point is worth the risk that I'm taking. So it's a simple way to explain that. When we put this position on in, in, in IBD50, it's right in here, okay? The stop is right here, okay? The low of that bar was the stop. So what's the risk? If I'm buying it right here, what's the risk? The risk is small. The stop is right here. But the reward is great if the thing breaks out. That's the thought you have to have when you put money to work. So somebody who wants to run out there and buy the IBD50 now, I say to you, what happened to your reward-to-risk equation? Where's your stop? You can't just use a, you know, a, a percentage stop. doesn't make any sense. The stop is a fixed stop based on the chart pattern. The real stop at the very least would be the 25-day moving average all the way down here. Probably the 50-day, which is what I usually employ on trailed stops on indexes. So you would have to suffer a pretty significant decline before you would even get back to an area where the stop would make sense. Okay? So risk on green means we're closest to the stop. Put the capital to work. When it blows out, stop putting capital to work and enjoy the ride and shift over to managing risk. So we have basically three Stages, risk on green, manage risk yellow, risk off red. Manage risk yellow starts next week. It means we're done putting money to work on the armor trading desk. We should be fully invested. In fact, we were fully invested the week prior because we, we preempted this call. Okay. So you, you put all your capital to work before the run. When it pops, you shift to managing the risk. What does that mean? Um, selling some stocks at, at, at targets. 
things that run up real hot, real fast, book some swing profits, raise your stops. So you start managing your stops, you manage your targets. Even if you're holding a core position, you want to be a long-term holder, you trade around that core to, to cushion the volatility that allows you to hold the core. Uh, let me give you an example on that. You know, um, Pfizer, for instance, right? We, um, we bought, uh, we bought, that's Novavax, which we also, um, let's look at Pfizer right now. Okay. We bought Pfizer here, right? This was the easiest trade maybe of the year for us. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of easy trades, but this is a classic cup and handle coming out of a major downtrend. So what's the right entry point? The right entry point is tight inside, not here when it's blowing out, although you could have bought that if you wanted to, but now you're far away from the stop. Okay. So what we do with our algos is try to find the um, entry point before the blowout and pick it off right in here, close to the stop. Then the reward's huge. The risk is small, right? Then when it ran up to 50, we put out an alert on our um, uh, live trading desk and in our Slack room for Armor Insiders. And I, and I spent time chatting with you guys about this during our morning meeting and our in-game updates that Armor Insiders, you know, subscribers have access to. And I said, look, now's the time to write calls. We picked up a 4% yield buying Pfizer down here. It's up at 50 at the fourth standard deviation above the moving average, the 200-day moving average, okay? So that's a perfect time to write calls to enhance your yield. And if you don't want to write calls, then sell a part of the position. And when it drops down to the 25-day or the 50-day and sets up a base again, you could put that trade back on. And we call that trading around the core, okay? So what I submit to you is next week should be the, the period where you start shifting. Let me tell you one other thing we're going to be doing next week. We started it last week. We're going to do it next week and probably do it in a bit to a bigger degree each week going forward. And that's to use our day trading techniques. We use algorithms on day trading. That's true for indexes to short the indexes. We actually like to buy the puts on the small cap index and sometimes the NASDAQ 100 to hedge our large equity exposure. And we do it on an intraday basis on the live trading desk. So Armor Pro Live um, subscribers will see us do this. Sometimes it's in the morning, sometimes it's in the afternoon. But if you look back here, there was a very small window to make money on puts right here. And the Armor Report was making money on puts right here. So we're long the market, collecting day trading gains on puts. But we also did it last week as the market was going up, all right? And what we do is we employ these algorithm we call the Armour Price Movement Profile, or the PMP, and we simply look for double tops, triple tops at key locations. So right in here, this is a three-minute chart, by the way, black lines the VWAP, okay? So it moved up here, double top over a half an hour period. The trigger is that green dot right there taking us below the second standard deviation above the VWAP. We buy our puts. It comes down, we booked our profit right here, okay? The, the very next day, rallies up. And by the way, this is three Fibonacci extensions above the opening range. Notice on each day, that's where it stopped. And we bought our puts on the formation. This was like a little head and shoulders formation on a break right here below the first standard deviation. And we booked our profit right there, okay? And if you're a subscriber, on the uh, trading desk, I'm, I'm walking you through why I do it, right? But my point is, 
You can hedge any way you want. Next week, we go to Risk Monitor Yellow, and it's time to begin thinking about managing your success instead of scrambling to grab and buy and buy more and more and more aggressive, risky things, okay? Now, um, I want to talk to you about our two favorite investing themes. So let's switch gears now. Now that we've looked at the big picture on the indexes and we know where we're headed and we have max exposure and we're making money and we're shifting to managing that success. There are always going to be two investment themes that the Armour Report will be focused on because they're just personally two of my favorite themes. You know, a part of your investing success is going to come down to your whiteboard and it's going to come down to your personal fundamental bias. And this is why I say the Armour Report's a guide. It's not a, it's not a absolute. Your personal bias might be different than mine. You might hate precious metals. You might think that cannabis companies are not the place to put money. So please don't do it. Don't do it. But from a basic fundamental standpoint, for me, my fundamental bias is that I believe the value of gold and silver is going a lot higher. And there's the potential for it to explode. And so I like to put money there every time I get an opportunity. And I like to do it when precious metal stocks and bullion is close to a, as close to the stop as possible. So my risk is minimal, but the reward could be huge if the powder keg of um, supply demand ever gets lit and allowed to advance. So without getting too deep into the, into the weeds here on precious metals, there are, there's, you know, let's call it a cabal of um, investment banks that are, have been scheming um, for decades, um, making tons of money uh, manipulating the price of gold and silver. Let's just say we all agree on that. Um, feel free to, you know, go do some research on your own. Andrew McGuire. Andrew McGuire. Look him up on YouTube. Um, that guy has it dialed in, so I'll let him take you through all that if you want to take a look. His name's Andrew McGuire. But bottom line is, there's a powder keg there of short interest that at some point gets squeezed. And we saw it happen last year, and we made a lot of money off gold and silver last year. And I've been waiting for months now to go back at it, and I'm putting capital to work in that space again. So um, last week, we added shares of Sprott Physical Gold, and I think I took you guys through this last week. We talked about that downtrend. So first of all, we like to buy weakness in the midst of strength. So the strength is a pretty serious uptrend in physical gold. Then we've had this huge consolidation, okay? And what we're trying to do is pick it off right at the bottom of that consolidation on an island reversal back above every key moving average, which is what happened last week. So let me tell you right now, all of my precious metals exposure is on right now. I'm not adding to it when it skyrockets next week. I'm done. I'm going to get paid when it starts to run. 
And if I'm wrong and it takes out really the low right there, let's say physical gold takes out that low and uh, Sprott physical gold goes below 14 or something, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. That'll be, it'll be over. Trade didn't work for me. So buying tight to the stop, value entry, double bottom, that's what we did last week. Um, actually, two weeks ago. Then what happened when, when it was breaking out this week, what we did is we added. So we, we had a little bit of um, GDX. We talked about it last week. Last Saturday, we talked about, hey, we were buying this right here, this double bottom right here. Okay. Then it gapped up on Friday, and we finished off our buying by adding a piece of silver to the portfolio. Sprott Physical Silver, breaking that downtrend right there off of that consolidation. So what's my risk? What's my risk? I don't have to be. You don't have to believe the fundamental story if you don't want. You don't have to believe it. What's the reward to risk? There is massive short supply of hard assets. Silver's no different. Look at what happened to uranium this week. Okay, so commodities are in ridiculous short supply. Silver is a very important commodity in all types of electronics. And this is the chart pattern. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball that this is going to skyrocket next week. I don't know. The whole thing could reverse and implode. Guess what? I'll be out. That's okay. The risk is tiny, but the reward is huge if that pattern breaks out and the short squeeze um, get, continues. See, back here, we made the money off of this squeeze, 55% up on silver in a month. Now it's consolidated that move in a pretty significant way. And the bigger the consolidation, the bigger the move once you break the next pattern. Okay? So we're going to buy it down here. Okay? By the time it's breaking out above 10, we will be coining money. And we won't be buying anything else in the, in the precious metal space. Okay? There are two groups that I'm sharing with you today that we are buying or looking to buy. It's precious metals and cannabis. Respectfully, I know a lot of people have struggled in these names, but respectfully, the Armour Report has made a lot of money in the last three years off of these two groups. And we've avoided total destruction. And this, if I were to boil it down into the one way we do it, is that we find entry points like this when nobody cares and no one's talking about it on CNBC, and I say CNBC like you would say Kleenex. I'm talking about all the financial news media, right? Nobody cares. When, silver's when PSLV is blowing out above 10, it'll be all over financial networks. Now is the time to own metals, okay? And when they're telling you that, it's probably already over. Now, maybe there'll be a time, I hope, that the whole powder keg will ignite and the thing will just go berserk, okay? But the time to own it is right down here from a reward to risk standpoint. So we've added these names back to the portfolio. We lean into where we have success. So the first thing we did was buy Sprott Physical Gold and GDX. We started making money there. So then we, we finish off our metals exposure by adding silver and then our favorite silver mining stocks okay mag silver this is a cup and handle double bottom shakeout right at the key moving averages closing above 
the 50-day, taking out that little pennant there. All right, this is a small cap silver stock. It's not for everybody. It's got a lot of risk, but it's one of our favorite names, okay? Hecla Mining. I love this story, okay? U.S.-based iron ore along with silver and gold, okay? So let's talk about why these are two that I'm going to highlight today. The biggest problem investing in the precious metals mining space right now. This is important. Right, let's get a little closer. Let's talk about this. Okay. The biggest problem is that we have some countries around the world, uh, mostly South America, but even Indonesia, right, where the politicians are talking about um, nationalizing the um, natural resources. So what in the past would have been one of my favorite investments, which is Pan American Silver. I just can't honestly tell you I want to buy Pan American Silver at this point because I don't know what's going to happen in Peru and Chile. And this is why this stock looks so bad. We don't know if some of their large deposits will be confiscated. Maybe that's too strong of a word, but you understand that's the problem with that pattern. I used to love Newmont Mining. And probably it could be owned down here. But something's wrong with the stock, and it's possible that properties around the world are going to run into a problem with governments who want to steal, particularly if we ever get the explosive move in gold and silver that we're expecting. So no one's going to steal properties down here, and these stocks probably go up when metals go up. But if we ever get into that phase where we get a a complete explosion in the price of gold and silver. Gold goes $2,500, $3,000 an ounce. I don't know, you know, silver, you know, $50, $100 an ounce, whatever you want to, you want to, whatever you want to dream about, daydream about. Um, at those points, I think that it could be possible that there'll be some properties that get um, stolen from corporations and, that will send a ripple through all of these stocks. And so I'm trying to focus my buying, first of all, on bullion, and second of all, on companies that have properties in countries that I believe in. That'll be Canada, US, and Mexico. Probably Australia. Everywhere else, I don't know. I don't really want to own those names. That's a long-term view. So I'm not telling you, if you say, hey, my favorite name is whatever, I'm not going to tell you, don't invest in it. Go do whatever you want. And probably on the first move up, if we get a blowout in the metal prices, they're all going to go up at first. Some will outperform others. And I submit to you, the ones that outperform are the ones that are in politically safe environments. That's my thought. I could be wrong. Um, now, let's. Um, so those are my thoughts on metals. I'm not going to get any deeper into that. All I'm going to do is show you the entry point. It's where we've been making money repeatedly, and we're going to do it again. If you wanted to look at a big cap stock, I think the best big cap name is Wheat and Precious Metals. And the royalty plays are always my favorite, and Wheat and that pattern looks really good. 
But for my money, I'm just going to, you know, for right now, I'm just trading the big ETF. I want the liquidity. Um, this is probably a swing trading position, so I'm not worried about the political fallout right now. This is the asset that will run. I'll book a profit. I'll trade it. And I'm going to hold on to the PSLV, right, the PHYS, and then some of the smaller names that I think can really go that are politically safe. That's how I'm playing it. All right. Let's move on to um, – and, of course, I'll get to your Q&A a little bit later so we can go over individual names. I, I wanted to share with you um, a shortcoming of mine, okay, that I regret. And I just want to – I want now is a good time for me to share this because investment opportunities are about reward to risk in an investment theme that's being recognized – by a large group of people. It doesn't have to be an investment theme that's been recognized by you. Okay? And I just proved that to myself once again. And again, I've been doing this over 30 years, and I still make this mistake. So on the trading desk, okay, there's CCJ, right? Now, I'm just, I like to share with you all my successes. I'm going to share with you an embarrassment, an embarrassment from this week. Okay? So on the Armour trading desk, and why I love the Armour report personally, because I, I, there, there are so many wonderful uh, um, people that have joined. I really appreciate all Armour Insiders. You guys are just a great bunch of, of, of human beings. I have fun talking to you. And really great analysts, right? So early in the week, you guys were pounding the table, just pounding the table on the uranium stocks. Okay? You couldn't be more right. This is a classic double bottom off the 200-day with a move above the 50. That's the entry point on CCJ. Right? Let's look at Denison. Oh, God, Ares, you just crushed it on that name. A dollar, we could have paid a dollar oh eight, a dollar ten, as it popped above the 50-day moving average, and you were pounding the table. Stock closed the week. It closed the week at a dollar forty-one. That's a monster move, right? NXE. These are monster moves, okay? And so I said, hey, guys, have at it. The entry point's right. The Armour Algo setup is giving you a buy signal. It's absolutely right. But I'm not going to buy an asset where the majority of the asset of a company is in Mongolia or Kazakhstan. Like, I just can't go to sleep at night. I don't, I don't even know if the assets are there. I mean, I can't audit it. I don't know what's going on. So, I feel like I have a fiduciary responsibility to the money I manage, and I just have a hard time investing in an asset that, that is so controlled by uh, properties in a hemisphere I can't even begin to understand, okay? Um, so that's my fundamental bias, and it kept me out of an unbelievable trade, okay? And I will continue to strive never to make that mistake again, okay? Because what we had was an unbelievable setup. Double bottom, 200-day moving average, move above the 50. What was the risk? The risk was going back below the 50. Back below the 50, you get out. Okay, small risk, small risk, but the reward was enormous, all right? And so I share with you a chart of GDX, okay? And I know a lot of people, oh, I don't, I, they have a bias against precious metals, whatever. This is the right setup. The risk is small. Hopefully, the reward can resemble uranium. Those are my thoughts. Let's move on. Okay. 
MJ. MJ, and I just look at MJ because I'm taking the group as a whole. We'll get into the individual stocks now. Okay? These stocks exploded when Joe Biden was elected, right? Started right here. November, Biden was elected, and then it just took off. All right? Now the reality has set in that the wheels of... Um, the, the, the wheels of, of the political, you know, lawmaking, you know, whatever you want to call it, move unbelievably slow. So all of that hype is gone from the stocks. Let me tell you something I found very interesting this week. You guys remember Sundial and Organogram? Those of you who are involved in following gamma information, right? the amount of call options being bought, all that kind of stuff, right? We use Spot Gamma to do it on our desk. Spot Gamma has a tool um, called the Equity Hub. You type in a symbol, and it shows you the gamma structure. And if there's nothing to show you, it won't. Nothing will come up. So they, only, they, they cover however many names they cover that have tradable information, so in the midst of that run, in the midst of this run right in here, there was all kinds of gamma information on all of our favorite names, right? OGI, you know, SNDL. You can't even see it on the screen. It's so scrunched, right? Okay? Nobody cares about it. Okay? Telray is on the list, and they're calling for a, a gamma squeeze on Telray. So we traded it all week looking for that squeeze. But... If you look now, you can't find information on Sundial and OGI. There's nothing. And I think that's a major piece of information for the long-term cannabis investor. The hype is completely washed out of these names. It's done. So we're going to be watching the Equity Hub closely because when we start seeing those cannabis names pop back onto the equity hub, we'll know the move is starting again, where people care and they're starting to buy options, right? But right now it's dead. So from an investing standpoint, that's the time to start looking. So I tried some trades last week, dipped my toe in the water. The water was freezing cold, took my toe out of the water, okay? The top four names I'm looking to own first, Canopy Growth, and you can see they just all it did was come all the way back to here. Uh, let me tell you something. Last year, right in here, the Armour Report was loading up on canopy growth leaps, long-term call options with tiny amounts of premium. You could buy 500 days worth of time for something like 10 cents. It was ridiculous. We loaded up and had a huge run. I'm looking to put that trade on again. Don't have it yet. Okay? Didn't, we tried it. Tried it for a day. They reversed. But I'm going to be on the cannabis names. All right? These two names, I like Village Farms. Okay? And preferably, I want to see it pop above the moving averages. Okay? And OGI. Okay? Double bottom. I'm looking. Those are my four favorite names. Now, you're asking me, well, what about all the U.S. names? 
which, by the way, MSOS had a nice close Friday, which is really interesting. <laughs> that was an interesting close right there. We bought MSOS right back here. And so, again, all of these stocks have come right back down to our original entry point. We enjoyed a huge run and stepped out as they broke below the 50, which was our trailed stop. Anybody who doesn't believe in stop losses, all they have to do is look at this picture. It would have been a big old waste of time had you not used the stop loss all the way back down to the beginning. Instead, we booked our profits up here, and now we're looking to put the position back on right down here. Okay? So um, I submit to you that the, can't, the fundamental story is 100 times better in the U.S. MSOs. Okay? That's the place to put money from a long-term investing standpoint. But from a liquidity standpoint, which is what matters most at the beginning of a new move, the Canada names are the ones I want to focus on. Because that's where institutional money goes when people start investing in cannabis again. Right? The U.S. MSOs are still stuck under the ridiculous banking issues and, and um, IRS issues and all these issues. So until we get movement, that changes the way institutions are able to engage with the U.S. MSOs, the first trade is going to be the liquidity trade where institutions can go, and that's the big cap Canadian names. I don't want to get into a debate about what are the better fundamentals. That's not the point. That's really not the point. The better fundamentals are the point if you're looking out five to 10 years. But if you're looking at how to capture a move and where to put money first, and then where I'll be rolling money, my plan is to move into Canada, make some money, move into US MSOs. That's what I think will happen is what happened the last time. It worked great for us, it's gonna happen again, and it'll keep happening until such time as the Safe Banking Act is passed and all the investment banks are able to work with US cannabis companies. And so it's completely open to all institutions and all retail investors. I mean, nobody at Merrill Lynch can buy a US MSO. They won't let you. So you see, you see what I'm saying? It just doesn't make any sense. So when people decide to start moving back into cannabis, it's going to be Sundial, which I won't buy, but Organigram, I'll trade Sundial maybe, Organigram, Village Farms, uh, Telray, and Canopy Growth are my top four names. Okay. Uh, anyway, so we're looking there. We'll probably do it next week. We'll try it. We'll keep trading it, and we'll see if we can capture some upside there. Um, those are my thoughts. I just wanted to share with you a couple of um, investments I promised uh, in um, um, our description down below that I'd share with you what stocks we were buying last week. So let's look at that, and then I'll get to your Q&A. Last week, we were putting on shares of Twitter. I'm just going to go over the chart patterns with you, okay? Twitter in the portfolio, all right? This is a long-term uptrend. It's a reverse head and shoulders that I believe is building. I'm buying it close to the base. I don't want to pay 74 when it's breaking out. I want to buy close to the base and catch the breakout. We'll see. If not, we'll take our quick loss and we'll move on, okay? We own shares of Snap. Added that to the portfolio, all right, this was a gap up on earnings, a consolidation pattern, and we think this is going to take off. I don't want to pay 80 for it. I want to pay close to the stop. If it reverses and breaks down, I'm out. Not, not, no harm, no foul. Um, Unity. Talked about it last week. Reverse head and shoulders pattern. 
breakout on earnings, five-point move inside the pennant. This is just classic technical analysis. One, up, two, down, three, up, four, down, five, out. There's the breakout. And we captured it inside here, so we're not paying up for it. We're, pay, we're buying it right inside the base. Another name that looks like that we added to the portfolio Friday, Airbnb. Boy, I listened to this conference call, and I was sharing the information with Armor Insiders on our, our Slack trading desk. Um, listening to this conference call, th th this is a juggernaut. This is the earnings gap, uh, not gap, but run up on earnings. This is the consolidation, making a pennant. Okay, I'm buying it right tight to that pennant. Okay, comes down and breaks these lows. I will, I'll be out. Trade didn't work. Breaks out of that pennant, and I think the sky's the limit on this story. Um, Amazon we added last week, I think it was. I think it was last week. Maybe it was the week before. Yeah, we bought Amazon right in here. So Amazon just looks like a no-brainer to me. This was the gap down on earnings. Held the 200-day moving average, bought it right here on the 200-day. What was the risk? What's the risk? Those are the trades you want to put on. Entry points tight to the stop on companies that are on your whiteboard. That's the armor investing way. And then, of course, like I mentioned already, we added um, the Hecla and uh, the Mag Silver. And you could say, well, well, you're a little bit early there on, on Hecla. I, I am. Right? I'm buying it right tight to the base. I'm not going to be paying for it when it's blowing out. Stock opens up at 7 uh, on, on Tuesday. I'm, I'm not going to be paying for it. So I like to buy tight to the base where the reward to risk is right. Okay. Full disclosure, a couple ideas here that I don't know why it looks this good, but... Um, this chart pattern on interactive brokers, I mean, look, I, I run all my business through interactive brokers. So I like the platform. I think they're doing a good job. I don't know what's going on here, but I have a position on. There's a cup and handle, huge run, pullback, double bottom at the, at the moving averages, uh, consolidation week last week. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the reason is to own this stock, but that pattern was just too juicy. And, of course, if it goes below these lows here, I'll be out. So it's either a breakout back above these moving averages that are all tightly packed, which is one of my favorite entry points, or it comes back down and the stop is tight. No big deal. But it's something to look at. I don't know. Are they going to be taken over at some point? A lot of these companies, um, you know, have, have, been, have been acquired by the bigger guys. So I always wonder that. And here's another takeover target in case you have an interest in uh, insurance. Um, we own shares of Chubb in the portfolio already. We bought Chubb tight to the base in here, remember? Stock ran away. Um, and so we added some shares of uh, HIG. The reason HIG, Hartford, blew out like this here is because Chubb made an unsolicited acquisition um, uh, offer that was rejected by Hartford. Okay, And then the stock has made this handle on a big cup. And it's just been my experience, there's the cup, there's the handle. It's been my experience over the years that these deals, this, the first, the first you know, unsolicited bid is always rejected, and we don't want to do it, and blah, 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 and there's a bunch of arguments, and then the acquiring guy comes out and says, we're not going to pay up for it, blah, blah, blah. And then the deal gets announced at 80 or whatever. You know? I mean, that's just how a deal is done. So 
when Hartford starts to perform better than the rest of the insurance group, I start to, to wonder what's cooking here. And this is a real spike that occurred on Wednesday, and then the whole thing came in. But I don't know if something's cooking there. So anyway, those are some thoughts. Those are some ideas that are in the portfolio. Now let's open the floor to questions and have some fun Q&A. Thanks for listening. Boy, it's up 43 minutes. I got to cut down the amount of time I chat. All right. Um, what do you got here? Hey, what's going on? Nice to see you. Armor for life. Chris, how you doing, man? Oh, I really appreciate that thought. You got to always evolve, Chris. I know you know that. You got to always evolve. You got to notice what your flaws are, you know, and uh, and not be upset by them. Take them and, and turn them to your advantage. JH, how are you, my friend? <laughs> hey, I appreciate that, Chris. What do you think, Chris? What do you think? Both Levi and, and Layla want to come on and chat with you guys. Maybe one of these weekends, I'll just bring them on and, and let them chat away. Because they've got, I mean, Levi's got some investing ideas he wants to go over with you guys. All right? I'm telling you that. <laughs> um, we know for sure pot stocks once in a lifetime. Yeah. No, I appreciate that, Chris. Yeah. Yep, we'll just we'll just trade them, and then one of those times when we get on when we get on it again, when we get on the pot stocks again, and they take off, we don't have to trade it. I mean, if it keeps running and doesn't break the 50-day moving average, we would stay with the position, you know, forever. I mean, these stocks are going to be huge. If you look at the cash flow, if you look at the cash flow, these companies are are, are packing away in the midst of a horrific tax environment with Onerous everything. They're they're just the fundamentals are so unreal in these companies, and nobody cares. When we get that change, I think it's probably going to be the Safe Banking Act. Everybody's going to care, and the multiples are going to get interesting on these businesses. My opinion. Hey, Eris, Chris, how you guys doing? Hey, Eris. We had a monster week, and Erez, got to give you credit for part of that monster week. What's your call here for Armor Insiders on the uh, uranium stocks? All right, Chris, we're all waiting for that SPAC info. We're going to make some killer money on those SPACs. You, you've been doing it, and I really appreciate you offering, um, offering that advice for us. It's going to be interesting to see. See, that's exactly what I'm saying, Chris. It's almost like we've got, um, we almost have particular analysts for particular spaces. I mean, Chris is our options guru. Um, I don't know exactly what you would call yourself, Eris, but you're, you, you have your own unique way, and it's produced some phenomenal investing ideas. And, of course, Silver Fox has got some great, uh, uh, great thoughts for us as well. So um, let's see. All right, if you want to buy silver mine, would you choose MAG since it's up about uh, up 
Well, I don't know what you mean. It's already up 15 or 20 percent. I mean, even off the absolute low. I mean, nobody's going to buy the absolute low. I mean, you could. I mean, someone could get lucky just catching a falling knife saber, but I'm not exactly sure what you mean. I don't really care what the absolute low was. I'm looking at the structure and the breakout of that tiny little pennant above the 50-day moving average. So when a stock breaks below the 50, it makes a double bottom. The buy day for me, and really the way the armor algos are set up, the entry point really is, is actually Friday. That was the entry point. And the stop would be really a low of this bar right here. That low is um, 1834, and it closed at um, 1966. So you know exactly what your, what your stop is, which is pretty tight, and, you know, the upside sky's the limit on that. Um, and let me tell you something else, guys. And I was thinking about talking, Chris, um, talking about uh, being fluid and changing what we do. I wanted to share something that I've been doing myself, and it really works well, and I want to start – chatting more about this in, in the Slack room when we're taking positions. I'd like to take big positions at the initial entry when the algos are telling us risk on, okay? And there's really, there's, there's one or two stop locations on every transaction. The best stop location over and over for me, every time I take time out, to re-optimize the algorithms and work on the stop discipline every single time. The best stop is the low of the day I buy something. And I think it just makes logical sense. If your entry's right, the best names never challenge the low of your entry day. If your algorithm is firing correctly and you're buying right, then it never challenges the low of that day. So, on a situation like MAG, I might put my, I'm going to, I do, I have my full position on right here. If it goes back below the low of this day and closes below the 50, I would cut the position in half. And then, of course, to me, the real stop is this day. Okay? So I'd cut the rest of the position out if it takes out the low. So I'm thinking of working two stops on a position. Extra big position size at entry. For the ones that skyrocket, you'll have a big position on. For the ones that wiggle back down, you cut the position in, let's say, in half, which gets you back to a normal position size, and it takes out this low, you're out. If it just wiggles around in here and then takes off, you still have your half position size on, which, in fact, is a normal position. You understand what I'm saying? So I like to put on twice as big what I want to hold. The ones that work never challenge the stop. So I w I'll have my best positions will have biggest position sizes. Everything else will be cut down the minute it goes below the low of the day I bought and then removed from the portfolio if it takes out the final stop. All right. Um, what kind of target would you judge? Jeez, man. <laughs> Jeez. Well, uh, that's, uh, I, don't, I don't even know, you know, I don't want to get in the way of anybody's trade and suggest where I would book a profit. Um, uh, I would say that it depends on the type of investor you want to be. If you're a swing trader and you catch something like that that goes back to the highs, 
you're going to book some profits when it goes back to the highs. I mean, that's just a normal place to book profits. You would expect the stock to consolidate, right? And then you would start raising your stops following probably off of a move like that. I'd use the nine-day moving average, which even that's all the way down here. So, you know, and you could do it in stages. You don't have to, to um, take the whole position off at, at once. I mean, even if you just booked a 10% profit and kept 90% of your position, it's not part of part of using targets and stops correctly is to really help you deal with the emotion of the process. Like if these stocks got crushed next week and you don't book any profits up here, how would that make you feel? And would you end up selling it all for a loss, selling it at a break even? What would your stop be? So the way I look at situations like this, when I catch something and it rips like that up to the highs, you know, the all-time highs or something, I'll book 10%, 20%, 25%, whatever makes me feel comfortable. Then I can breathe a sigh of relief. I book some profit. The worst case scenario is it comes back to break even. Honestly, that would be the worst case scenario. It just collapses to break even because there's no way I'd let that gain turn into a loss. So if I book 25% on, at the, you know, after a huge week, and it comes back to, God forbid, break even the next week, and I get out break even, at least I made money on the whole thing. So it's really, a, you, you got to decide how to manage your risk, manage your success, so you can smooth out the emotions of the process. Otherwise, you just get whipped from pillar to post. Those are my thoughts there. I hope that helps. Good morning, Tech Monkey. Deb, how are you? Recently paid $55 million for three cannabis licenses in Florida. Oh, yeah. Um, that's interesting. Um, Planet, um, you know, and oops. All right. So for, first of all, let me just say, Deb, that none of these um, chart patterns look viable to me. They, they, they just look terrible. So... They're making lower lows, lower highs. They're, they're, there's just no reason to buy the U.S. cannabis names right now. The second thing I want to say, so from a technical standpoint, there's no reason to buy them right now. The, the second thing I want to say is there's a definite acquisition phase that's going on. The big guys are gobbling up the small guys. So all of my favorite names, Green Thumb, True Leaf, even Planet, I mean, Planet 13 is not my favorite name, but I, I have learned to appreciate their business model. Let's put it that way. Um, TerraSend. I mean, all of these guys are making acquisitions. When they make acquisitions, it usually puts pressure on the price. So when you go through a consolidation in a space, because let me tell you, Kim Rivers at TrueLeave sees the opportunity. I mean, she could see her business is throwing off massive amounts of cash and valuations on her competitors have collapsed because of a liquidity vacuum. So I expect her to make acquisitions. She says she will. Green Thumb's making acquisitions. That usually keeps those stocks down while they're making acquisitions, even though it's good longer term. Okay? So I don't feel any rush to, to, to put money in those names right now. Let's just look at um, let's look at the Cure Leaf. You know, here are my top favorites, right? Let's look at Cure Leaf. You know, they just—they're just trying to scratch out a bottom. Um, I used to like Cresco, but I don't know about that. I don't know about Cresco anymore. Um, 
green thumb is clearly the leader. It's still above the 200-day moving average. That's amazing. Um, here's True Leaf. See, look at me. Look, see, True Leaf is making acquisitions, and it's you know, it has a tendency to hit the stock. This thing, this thing is unbelievably valuable. It, it's trading at a ridiculous multiple for their business. It came public at the wrong time, right at the top, and it's just been destroyed. That's a stock I'd like to buy. But I, I just don't buy things that are like knifing down like that. So let it have a rally. Let it come down. Make a double bottom, a higher low. I mean, you know, a good way to look at it is to look at GDX. We bought this bottom right here. Came down, rallied, made a higher low. We bought that. We made money on that trade. Now it's made a much bigger double bottom, which is even more attractive to me. But at the very least, I want to see that type. Oh, you can't see that. At the very least, I want to see this type of movement. Rally off of a key support area, pull back, higher low, buy signal with the armor algo going above the moving average. Right? So let's just look at MSOS as a, as a whole. It's not even close to the 50-day moving average. Right? It, it, this was a nice day on Friday, but... There's nothing happening. I, I need to see this thing rally up to here, then come down, test, and then move, and that'll set up a base that I can buy. In, in the meantime, you know, I'm probably too early on, you know, on on canopy growth, but I'm looking at that small pattern, saying, is that going to be something? It's not even close to the 50. Telray is probably the better name. That's a bigger pattern there. It's trying to hold that right here. So if it ever popped above the 50-day moving average, that would be real. And for those of you who are gamma um, uh, followers, spot gamma followers, <coughs> Telray is um, almost every day last week is on the uh, gamma squeeze list. So the, the, what's going on in the calls and puts on Telray suggests there could be a, a break higher. So I'm always trying to get on Telray first, see if I can make money there. If I ever do, then then I'll be more aggressive buying these other names. Some other ideas for silver. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing wrong. You know, it's just make sure you do the, 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 the homework to know what is the um, um, political nature of the asset. That's, that's the only question, you know, that I would ask, and I would hope that you would do, you know. Um, and if it's in a political environment you're comfortable with, then have at it. Like on your list there is Pan American Silver, and they just have a lot of exposure to, to, to Chile and, and, and Peru, and that's a problem right now. So um, consider that. Yeah, Armour Insiders, an army of smart people. <laughs> I love it. That's true. All right. Uh, Hey, thanks for that, Stefan. I appreciate your thoughts there. IB, oh, IBRX. Hey, so I haven't thought of that in a while. The pancreatic cancer guys, do they ever have a cure? Does it ever come out? Huh. While we're at it, let's throw a couple. I'll throw a couple logs on the fire with you, Sean. Here's a couple of small cap names that 
are on the cusp of hopefully huge breakthroughs, right? There's an armor insider that's been pounding the table on APHX. Could have a game-changing drug for the um, stroke uh, for stroke victims. This is just ideas for you guys to do research on. I'm not telling you to buy these names. These are high-risk, high-reward names, just like IBRX, right? And of course, I got my eye on this one too. All right, these guys are teamed up with Eli Lilly uh, mm-hmm. on a, a process. Mm-hmm. Hang on a second. Hello. How are you? Hi, I'm I'm in the midst of it right now. I'll call you back. Love you. All right. Um, so. These guys are teamed up with Eli Lilly for a product that helps treat, um, you know, COVID if you're in the hospital, right? Kind of like a Regeneron um, competitor. Uh, and, you know, who knows if that turns into something big. But that chart pattern is interesting. And, again, there's an insider talking to me about um, his thoughts on the business. And, you know, both of these insiders that are giving me thoughts on these two companies are in the medical field and have, you know, contact in, in the space. And so, um I feel the information they're sharing is valuable, you know, for us to take a peek out and do our own homework. Um, Shipping stocks. Yeah, Zim is my favorite. And, again, Ares has been all over that. Look at that move, Ares. Holy smokes. You've been killing it. Ares, the Armor Insider, has been, you know, all over that trade. Um, Yeah, I mean – These all look great. Um, if you're asking me, you know, are there entry points on these names now? I mean, of course there's not, right? So I'm assuming, uh, KC, that you, you pick these things off closer to the 50-day moving average, and now they're skyrocketing. So, you know, well done, man. Well done. Hey, Stephen, how are you, man? Glad you had a good week, too. What percentage do you set for trail stops is to it? That's a good question. And um, uh, I, I, I don't think of it as a percentage. I don't set a percentage because every asset trades differently. So I, I never understand why people do that. I know William O'Neill, like his, you know, uh, he's the guru in this, you know, you know, for me, he's one of my gurus. I, I built, you know, my strategy starts with O'Neill ideas which is the Investor's Business Daily in that book, How to Make Money in Stocks. And in there, he talks about a 7% stop loss. It just doesn't make any sense to me. How could you have the same stop loss for um, Microsoft as you might have for, um, you know, uh, um, a uranium stock? I I mean, it doesn't make any sense. The, The volatility is so dramatically different, right? So volatility comes into account when I figure out what my stops are. And so... Um, as an example, uh, um, let's just take a couple of examples and I'll just walk you through real quick, right? So let's just look at utilities. Obviously, utilities are going to carry a much more, um, in this case, the 50-day moving average in my trail stop because they're never really going to get that far away from the 50-day. And selling them out if they get to the 9-day or the 25-day moving average won't make any sense. Okay, you could even argue that 200 days should be the stop on utilities. 
But then you can shift over and look at um, Coinbase, <coughs> which we bought right down here tight to the base. I'm going to take this so you can see Coinbase, right? We added Coinbase tight to the base. So we didn't own it in front of earnings. It, it gapped up on earnings, and we didn't obviously want to own it because it sold off immediately, right? Bang, comes right down, finds support at the 50-day, makes a little pennant right there. We own it right in here, tight to the 50-day, right? So the, the, the risk is minimal. The reward, we all know, could be enormous on these types of stocks, right? So for something like Coinbase, well, it hasn't broken out yet, so that's not going to – I want to show you something that's – that's um, maybe we can look at um, Pfizer is not a good example, but it kind of is. See, so on Pfizer, let's put it this way: when the moving averages, the 20, the 50, the 25-day, and the 9-day get this separated, when they fan out like this. I start using higher moving averages. So I guess the bottom line is this. This is the easiest way to explain what I do. For my trailed stops, this is, means I put a position on and I have a principal protection stop, which is the low of the bar I bought with a low of a couple bars ago, a couple days ago, right? Then I go to a raise stop status. When the stock goes up enough, I raise my stop to break even so I don't lose money on a trade that I'm making money on. And then when the stock skyrockets, I start trailing. And I use the 50, 25, or 9-day, depending on how aggressive the asset is and how aggressive the move is. I hope that helps. Um, you're welcome, Butch. Have you ever dabbled in any REIT names? Um, oh. And yes, I have owned REITs before, absolutely. Um, I don't have any REITs right now, but I, I've definitely had REITs before. Well, that's really working, Stag. Wow, that was a great setup. You're coining money on that thing. Yep, yeah, ARKF is outperforming. That's because they're different names. You know, they're different names in there. So I like to own all three, ARKF, ARKK, and ARKG is a way for me to get a piece of the genomic revolution without having to deal with the individual names. So anyway, I do own REITs. I don't own them right now, though. I think this symbol is um, I don't have any updates on that. But um, our, our SPAC guru is definitely um, the Armor Insider, Chris uh, King, who was you know, writing earlier today. And he'll be in uh, the Slack room updating us on how to navigate um, you know, the SPACs. There's, there's an unbelievable amount of money to be made owning puts on SPACs when lockup agreements expire. Okay, that's, that's really the, the first thing you can do. And so we're focused on that in the Armor Slack room. Um, and then, of course, there are some names out there that I really like that are SPACs that I have to get past all of these um, lockup agreements before I can really buy them, one of which is Butterfly. BFLY is one of my favorites. Uh, I don't, I'm not in hog right now. I, I like the idea, but I'm just not in it right now. We put the position on tight to the stop. It hit the stop, and we're out. 
So I'll wait for another opportunity at, at some other point. I'm not there right now. CHPT. Um, that's a, that's something I could see day trading. I don't usually. I'm not. A, I'm not um, buying shares. I don't fundamentally have that on my whiteboard. I don't have CHPT on the whiteboard. Um, and I can day trade this, but I don't see an entry point here using an armor algorithm that would get me long the stock right now. But it doesn't, you know, I'm just sharing with you quick snippets of what I see. It doesn't mean it won't go up and you can't make money in it. Cordeline, sure. Sure, sure. Let's go see where they're located and what their properties are, Saber. You know, not my favorite chart pattern. Totally underperforming the other names. Um, there's no entry point on, on Cordeline for me right here, as it's below all the key moving averages, right? Whereas, look at, look at Cordeline and then look at MAG. I, I mean, MAG is outperforming in such a dramatic way. The relative strength of MAG is so much stronger than Cordeline. I'm going to go with the, the best relative strength names. <coughs> yeah, Ron doesn't give me an entry point right here, and I'm, I'm not buying those stocks at the moment. ENPH, my top names are ENPH, RUN, and SEDG. Those are my three favorites in the space, but I just, um, they, they can't find their way onto my whiteboard. Yeah, that's right, Chris. It's not the percentage. It's the level on the chart. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Chris. It may change. I'm sure it may. But every, I've been writing these algorithms, I don't know, um, o over a decade, uh, really going back 20 years. Um, but let's call it a decade for the kind of work I've been doing that, that I'm sharing with you guys. And um, every single time I do the work, Chris, every single time, I can't express this enough. The low of the day I buy is the best stop. And let me tell you something. If it's not the best stop, it's because the buy point's wrong. Your buy trigger's wrong. And you got to go back to the whiteboard, a different whiteboard. you got to go back to your drawing board and start working on your entry trigger again. If you keep getting stopped out, you're putting positions on it, and it goes below the low of the day you bought it, something's not right about your entry. And you have to go back to the drawing board and work on your trigger again and say, hey, this isn't right. What's wrong with this entry? Uh, Illumina, one of my favorite names. We bought it here, the Armor Report, made a lot of money, got out of it, bought the double bottom here, made a lot of money, got out of it right here on that gap down, much to my chagrin, because I love this fundamental story. But that gap down has trapped people at a double top and it's below the 50-day, and the 50-day is declining, and there's no buy signal in sight. You know, I almost think, you know, that that's a better setup, Pacific Biosciences, which is a small version of, of Illumina. And, and you could own either or both, depending on the right technical setups. What's happening at Illumina is that the company is, you know, making an acquisition of Grail, and there's some concerns about uh, government interference with that acquisition, and so it's hit the stock. Um, there's no such 
problems going on at Pacific Biosciences, and it's the same business model attacking a different part of the market that can coexist alongside Illumina. All right, last question. It's um, been on here for a while, so let's just take PLTR. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for spending it with me. So um, I'm not even sure how to pronounce what your handle is, so let's call it drag. <laughs> um, drag, I, I love this setup. We bought this at the Armor Report um, right off of this right off of this little pennant right here. All right, so the 200-day moving average, this is the pennant that we bought. Love the story. Something like that was the pennant. Gapped up on earnings, made a tight pennant at the 200-day. We're long. Now it's starting to go up. It looks great to me. I'm not paying up for it here. I bought it inside the pennant. I don't, bait, I don't, I don't buy it once it starts to go up. Bought it tight to the base. And I'll just leave you with the last thought. If you cannot help yourself and you find yourself having to chase something, I'm going to buy it anyway, even though it's too far away from the correct stop. At the very least, cut your position size down. Cut your position size. It should not be an average position size. It shouldn't be above average. If you're going to do it, which I do not recommend because it's a bad discipline, okay, but at the very least, put on a small position size so you don't get ripped out of the position, hits your net worth, then you start going on tilt, making bad decisions, all because you couldn't be disciplined enough to wait for the right entry point. But at the very least, cut your position sizes down. Be honest with yourself. Look at the chart, look at the entry point, then look in the mirror and say, ah, am I reaching? I'm probably reaching, but I can't help it. It's my favorite name. Okay, fine. I'll buy half a position size because it's determined by how far away I am from the right stop. And if the stop's a lot farther away, um, then i got to put on half, half a size. All right? Listen, um, Viola would be fine. Hey, Viola, I love it. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for telling me that. Glad to have you here. Uh, and I'll hopefully remember that for next time, which will be next weekend, 1130, same time, same station. You guys have a great three-day weekend. I'll see all the Armour Insiders, 830, hopefully 830, sometimes 845, uh, Tuesday morning for our morning call. And until then, everybody, have a great, um, have a great time with family and enjoy yourself, all right? We work real hard so we can enjoy it. So let's go enjoy it. Take care, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.